Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is back for hour number two. True or false in fantasy football? We'll play a little game of that. Also, the latest in the baseball hot stove since football takes a day off. Also, believe it or not, we dive into a little bit of Star Wars with the new Star Wars movie coming out next month and Mandalorian out on Disney+. Plus. Fantasy Sports Today, Hour 2 starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two of our show. We're here every day, noon to 2 Eastern. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia, Sean Guastamacchia, is producing the show. Less than an hour from now, Dr. Roto takes over on full-time fantasy. Stay tuned for him coming up 2 o'clock Eastern right here on FNTSY Radio. And, of course, we've been talking a ton about Disney Plus and some about Star Wars and Mandalorian. And it's like if you're a fantasy fan, you probably are a Star Wars fan because they go hand in hand. They call us geeks. But yeah, I uh, I grew up a big Star Wars fan, had all of the figures. I will say this historically, and I want to give my parents a ton of credit. Historically speaking, my parents did not throw away a single thing that I've owned. Nothing. They've all my baseball cards, all my toys, everything. I was able to carry it over from house to house and place to place. They made me take it when I got older and moved out. And it's here in my house now. But the only thing by accident my parents gave away, the one thing that they did was they didn't. My mom did not know that all of my Star Wars figures was inside that that Darth Vader case. They did not know that big Darth Vader head case. So I have that case still. Yeah, fortunately, I recovered about a dozen of the figures and I and and people who say they're worth millions of dollars, they are not. Go on eBay. No. You can get a use. You can get the them case is worth like five hundred. The, 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 the Darth Vader one, the, the Darth Vader case is worth about five hundred no, bucks on, on no. eBay. I know I've seen new. it because I almost sold mine. Yeah, new it is, but not used, not used. No, used it's worth like 80 bucks, 70 bucks. I, I've went through this because I was so destroyed. Uh, but I, I recovered about a dozen of the figures. I'm looking at one right now I have in my office. Yoda was someone I didn't keep in the box because he was too small to fit. So I have him. I have a few others. Uh, but I but I ended. But that was the only thing that I ended up losing. And they felt so bad about it because they were so strapped in so good. They didn't shake it and didn't feel anything. And they had a garage sale one day when I was in college and gave that away. Everything else was safe. And I still have a lot of it. But. If that tells you what kind of Star Wars fan I am, I hope it will. Another thing that we could do is determine how big a Star Wars fan I am, Joe, with a little quiz on this Monday. It is. Well, Tuesday. this is more Tuesday. what Jedi. <clears throat> this is what what Jedi you are, you know? Because I want to know okay. what kind of Jedi. I may fail this. StarWars.com. Well, no, you're you're going to be a kind of Jedi, but I can give you another day when we're you know maybe in January after we do like our. Uh, our review of the latest film. Maybe we could do a little quiz, see how much of a fan well, Mandalorian is- episode two was just as good as one, if not better. I will say that. I well, that's that good right. to know. And, and you're right. That case in particular 
Guys used to rattle around in that case all the time. It was not yeah. a great case of actually keeping guys. There was a lot of issues. But anyway, so let, let's do this. Let's find out what kind of Jedi I'm dealing with here on a daily basis on Fantasy Sports today. And let's start with the questions okay. for what Jedi you are. Again, this is from the official StarWars.com. So this is your official whatever Jedi you are, Craig Mish. So okay, you have gotcha. four choices here. Ten questions. Mm-hmm. Question number one, four choices. All right. What is so. your favorite color? Blue, black, green, or purple? Of those black, black. All right, we will click on black and we will proceed to question two and see if we can get uh, some more information here. What's your greatest strength? Is it mm-hmm. attention to detail? Is it humility? Pfft. Is it a clear mm-hmm. sense of justice or is it patience? Um, attention detail. to detail, humility. Okay, yeah. attention to detail, yeah. humility, yeah. clear sense. Okay, number three. What is your favorite accessory? A cowl combat a what a cowl you know like batman wears like you know it goes over his head covers his head no, okay like combat uh-huh. boots yeah. a crown a walking stick what's your favorite accessory of those yeah what's the third one a crown combat boots i'll go, I'll go with a crown i'll go a with crown. a crown king craig mish like number guess, four man. you're the walking one stick. with the force how do you wield this force how do you wield this power Helping okay. others to who can't help themselves teach mm-hmm. others its power to lift large objects for winning a fight. Definitely you the first one. You want to help others who can't help yes. themselves. Okay, yes. so you're like the hero type. Okay, number Absolutely. five. Which Yoda quote best represents you, Craig Mish? Uh, okay. For my ally is the Force, and the powerful ally it is. Mm-hmm. Fear yeah. is the path to the dark side. Fear right. leads to anger. Anger leads to anger hate. Leads to hate yeah. leads to suffering. Always pass on what you have learned. Do or do uh, not. There is no try. What was the second one? Always pass on what you have learned. Hmm? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so which one yeah. do you like? Second one. Second one. Fear is the path to the dark side. That's your choice. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. All right. Number six. You've been betrayed. How do you react? Do you plot revenge? Do you call in the authorities? Do you walk away? Do you move to another network? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Do you plot revenge? Do yeah. you call on the authorities? Do you walk away, or do you try to talk to them? That's actually the. I, I do. I do plot for revenge. Yes, I know you do. I love that about you. So would I. All right. Yeah. Number seven. People hate it when you blank, throw food, give them orders, get snippy, disappear for hours at a time. What? Uh, get, I bet get snippy. snippy. You're a yeah, snippy. Get, You're a little snippy. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> Number so. eight. If you weren't a Jedi, you would dedicate your life to blank. Family, a cause, finding inner peace or teaching. Family done. Family done. Oh, look at this. Family man, Craig Mish. Snippy family man, 100%. Craig Mish. Number nine. 100%. Number nine. What do you like to do for fun? Meditate? Mm-hmm. Laser tag? That's what I like to do for fun. Uh, volunteering? Hiking? Meditate, laser tag, volunteering, volunteering. All right. And number 10, what is your greatest fear? Losing trust in myself, failure, the death of those I love most, the rise of tyranny. The rise of tyranny. Ah, he's worried about the rise of tyranny. Okay. And you are Anakin Skywalker. Look at you. So you're a little snippy. He was a little snippy. And uh, eventually, even though he was kind of evil, we all realized he was still good on the inside. I actually think that kind of your life hasn't always been easy, it says. 
but you are lucky to have people see your potential and believe in you early on. Your friends and family compliment you for being kind and caring. If you have any flaws, perhaps it's caring too much. There you go. Do you feel the pull of the dark side? Now that you yes, can see the path towards the light, there you go. There it is. There it is. I actually think that's pretty good. That's pretty spot on with you. I like. I think that's fair. Yeah. I I thought this this was going to be more of a trivia thing. We'll do the trivia. I'm saving that for the dregs of January or December. Dregs. We're. I thought we were there already. Feel like we are in the dregs. No, no. We're still in the playoff push. The dregs happen as soon as college football ends for me. That's when I start getting. Well, but we, you know, we've got a lot of time left. We could do some more geeky Star Wars stuff. And I'm trying to get you to watch freaking Guardians of the Galaxy before the end of the year. I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. Maybe I will. Yeah. You know. I did notice it. I did notice it on uh, on Disney Plus. I gotta get somebody to watch it with me. All right. Uh, okay. So that's a uh, first segment, believe it or not, of this show. Coming up next. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what we just did. All right. Uh, true or false in fantasy? We'll have that next. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sports today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. Welcome back. Fantasy football, fantasy baseball, all fantasy sports are discussed here on Fantasy Sports Today. Even some Star Wars, believe it or not. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. Follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Pizapia17. We'll play some true or false questions. Uh, I think we could kind of rotate these and go back and forth and see how sure. we feel about these. So I'll give it a start. Uh, okay, true or false. Let's start off with Alvin Kamara. Now, I would warn you, Joe, I know that you're down on Kamara, very big, but, you know, sometimes things change. I mean, you, you don't, I mean, I, I, I would caution to be just totally against this guy. Don't do that. But if you want to, go ahead. Uh, Alvin Kamara, is he officially back? True or false? Alvin Kamara gonna... is officially back. You put, a, you put a question mark here. Jeez. Well, you could read it either way. Is it, You could put the is. Alvin Kamara put... is officially back? <laughs> I like your see. There you go. There's the attention to detail coming out, and and the snippiness and everything else all at once. But I know deep down there's good inside you. So when I take that helmet off, I'll I'll see you know the real. Got to get question marks away from that. I'm sorry. Look, yay! It's early in the morning. I just had the coffee. Anyway, fair enough. uh, I'm gonna say true. I liked what I saw at Alvin Kamara in that game. I thought he looked like Alvin Kamara, the Alvin Kamara that I haven't seen since basically week two. So I think that uh, the injuries are are behind him. I feel very good about him going forward. So I'm going to say true. I assume you're saying true, too, from that opening. I think you're a believer already. Yeah, no, I I think that, uh, yeah, I think he was probably more hurt than he, than was being led on. And especially he's a in a PPR league, he is fine. I, I still think there's a chance that by the end of the season, 
we see the guy that was taken in the first three picks in fantasy football or first four picks in fantasy football. And I think he has a chance to jump back into that again next year. I really do. But we're going to have to see that in the in the final five or six games. All right, uh, Todd Gurley, let's move over to him. This is this is the, the tough one for you this year for sure. Todd Gurley is going to be unleashed down the stretch and Sunday night was only the beginning. True or false? False. I want it to be true. I feel like I have a belief in it. It's 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 it'll happen, but I I I can't. I just can't. It was nice to see him touch the ball 25 times. That was he had more carries Sunday than he had in the last two weeks combined. But the other thing is like he's only getting like three catches a game, four targets a game. We're used to Todd Gurley getting eight targets a game. That old Todd Gurley, I think, is just gone. I, I, I he looked okay in that game, but I just don't trust it. I maybe this was the master plan the whole time. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say false. Craig Mish, I assume you're saying false. Too, yeah, kind of rating on the yeah. yeah I, I will say that. But he you probably know this narrative's more- out there. Don't pretend like it's not. Oh, no. He, he may even start to get more volume down the stretch, but it's not a product of that they want to. It's that they may have no choice. Their offensive line is not playing great. Uh, Goff doesn't look good at all. It's it's They may just be saying, Gurley, hey, look, we gave you almost three months to do nothing. We're going to need you now. And so my guess is that his percentage of of carries and targets is on the rise, but I don't think that it's going to be significant enough to make him a huge fantasy factor. By the way, if you watch that game against the Bears, he missed on a fourth and one. He's been tackled in the backfield a ton of times. He's just not the same guy anymore. But uh, but again, he he could get volume and he could get goal line carries, which does make him valuable. But they just they're not throwing the way they did either. Uh, Brandon Allen of the Broncos has a chance to hold the the Broncos quarterback job. And he will. True or false? I think he's got the real chance. I think that's true. I really do. I was impressed that, like, I understand the second half wasn't glorious. I get it. But I didn't think the first half was going to be any good. And he was okay. He's uh, he's found his best friend in Noah Fant. He's been able to keep Cortland Sutton very relevant, which makes me very happy because I'm a huge Cortland Sutton owner in a lot of leagues. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like Locke is just kind of I don't know if, if it's all just health or they're just not happy with him or this is just another in the long line of of miscreant quarterbacks that, that John Elway just kind of keeps bringing in, thinking they're going to be the next guy and they never are. I think he has a real shot to do it. I think he's going to hold this job for the rest of the year. And I don't think you're going to see Locke. So I'm going to say true. Yeah, I'm going to say false. I think 100. Well, never 100. I got to stop with that because that's done. I would put a 95% chance that we see Drew Locke start a game in 2019. This is not a fifth-round pick in the NFL draft. This was a second-round pick. And to see this kid not play the entire season would be insane. Brandon Allen has played okay. He is not the future quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I'm going to say false. I think Brandon Allen has no chance to be the starting quarterback. And I would say... I would I would say set week 17 Locke is playing. It would not shock me to see him play week 16 also. So I would say two starts for Locke at the end of the year. The Falcons with their new and improved defense can go 500 in 2019. Well, they have three wins right now. The remaining, which means they can only lose one more game of these remaining games on the schedule. They play the Bucks twice. They play the Saints at home, the Panthers at home, the Jaguars at home. So they got five home games left. And one game against the 49ers. I'm going to say false. But if they do, if they somehow find a way to go 500, that'll be spectacular. And the fact that they do have so many home games, I think it's worth the discussion. Because this defense, I mean, they've stopped Christian McCaffrey, basically. I mean, they slowed him down enough, at least. They obviously gave Kyle Allen fits. But they gave Drew Brees in that offense a lot of issues, too. And if all of a sudden this scheme and the play calling really was what mattered, I don't know if this is an indictment on Dan Quinn that he was calling the plays and he should be fired or... 
congratulations, Dan Quinn. You're a smart enough coach to give over the reins and you should be praised. I don't know. I'm going to say false, but it would be fun to watch happen. What do you say? Yeah, I'll say false. I think that you've seen a lot of smoke and mirrors the last couple of weeks with the Falcons. They've played better, but this is still not a good football team. Uh, at the end of the year, six and ten, five and eleven, seven and nine, maybe eight and eight. No, I just I don't see it. They're they're getting us too excited for them. You know that the letdown is coming with the Falcons. At least I, I can't wait for that Thursday night uh, game on Thanksgiving. The the Saints Falcons rematch. That's gonna be fun. Why are you so excited about that? I'm excited about that because I'm shocked that the Falcons went in there to New Orleans and did what they did, and now I want to see how they respond. I like that. I like when a team punches I'm another team. Big, and I, I like the Cowboys Bills game. I think that has a chance. That's gonna be fun too. And then again, I'd rather eat that Taco Bell bisque from yesterday we were talking about than have to watch that Bears-Lions State is going to be a better game than all these games (laughs) on on Thursday night. All right, the Texans will miss the playoffs. Bill O'Brien will be gone. True or false? I'm going to say true. I think think this is it. as well. I think this is finally it. Bill O'Brien finds a way every year to sneak in the playoffs. I thought this at the beginning of the year. And, you did. and a you few said weeks it. ago, I'm like, oh, this, I, I screwed up and I shouldn't have went against no, the Texans. No, you were right the whole you time. Know what? I mean, I, I, I don't know yet, though. I, I, I feel like you can't read the team. I feel uh, like there's what, only what are one the chances team from the to get South. in at this point. There's what only one it? team from the South getting in, and I think that team's going to be the Colts. I don't know. I, I And this is my gut instinct from the beginning of the did year. Did the Colts talk- play the Texans yet? Oh, uh, gosh. They lost, right? I think. They did. Yes, I got to I got to look now. But in the meanwhile, while I look at that. Oh, no, no. The Colts beat the Texans, I think. No. Yeah. The, yeah. The Colts beat the Texans. They have one more game left against them. Well, that's the game. And it's, this is Thursday. It's Thursday. This is that's oh, a Thursday night game. It. Yeah, right. Be, if the Colts. What win, am I saying? Then, then Houston will be out. Yeah. I think this is the playoffs right now. Like This is it. And somehow that's Bill O'Brien always finds a way into the playoffs. But I feel like eventually that streak's got to end. Would this be the first year he didn't make the playoffs? I think it would be right. It feels like they make it every year. Somehow they do, and somehow they don't. But I feel like eventually you need to kind of change the voice there because they have a lot of talent. They have a premier quarterback, a premier wide receiver, and he's having a down year by his standards. And I feel like that's unacceptable at a certain point. And the Colts just refuse to go quietly. That's another tough team to read. But yeah, even Carlos Hyde has had a good year for Houston with all the injuries that they've had. It's just I just have not been a big Houston fan, but... They found that they seem to find a way every week. And now now they're going to be tested in a big way. Uh, Bears should bench uh, Mitch Trubisky. And this week they finally will. Um, I think they should bench him the rest of the season. I think that's true. They should. I think it's false that they will. Does that make sense? I feel like that's the I think they should. I think it's done. I think it's it. Like, do you want to make a run here or not? Do you do you do you want to try to win? Daniel? Oh, my gosh. Well, have you watched Trubisky play? <laughs> I know, but I just don't feel like Chase. The Daniels Bears are four different. and six right now. The Bears the are four and over six anyway. Yeah, they, they probably it probably is. But do you want to spend the rest of the season fighting, or do you want to spend the rest of the season growing Mitchell Trubisky? Here's the rest of the Bears schedule: They play the Giants. That's a beatable. That's a winnable game. They play the Lions, Cowboys. Look, the Cowboys are beatable. Let's not pretend like the Cowboys are some juggernaut. Of course, of course. Packers, uh, they're beatable too. Uh, the Chiefs also beatable. And then the Vikings in Minnesota. That's what they have left. I mean, it's not easy, but they could get to nine wins with what they could win five of these six. It's not impossible. I highly doubt that. I highly doubt it too. And they won't with Mitch Trubisky. That's for sure. They look horrible against everyone. They don't ever look good. It's a matter of do they look bad and win at this point. I mean, they did not look good against Detroit two weeks ago, but in the second half, they I guess they came alive. All right, so that's our uh, true or false segment for today. And tomorrow we'll dive into some fantasy football trust or bust. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at the future of quarterback in the NFL from several teams. Don't go away. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today.
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Don't go into your NBA DFS competition using DailyRoto.com. Compete with the pros on FanDuel and DraftKings with the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, you'll get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap, support, and much more. Save 10% on winning. NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com to learn more. That's dailyroto.com slash dunk, and you'll get 10% off right now. Dailyroto.com is where millionaires are made. And welcome back to the show. Joe and I will be here for about another 45 minutes. We're going to turn it over to our good friends over at Full Time Fantasy coming up at, uh, here we go, 2 o'clock Eastern for sure. Uh, Also want to remind those of you who watch our programming that you can see us now video-wise, not our show, but a lot of the other shows, on the Sports Grid Network, at Sports Grid TV on Twitter, and now on Pluto, channel 517. So we are now officially on Pluto TV, and that is on channel 517. In addition to Zumo TV, which we've been telling you about, it's a free app on channel 719. So make sure that you hit us up with that, and we will continue on in our fantasy conversation as we talk about quarterback futures in the uh, NFL. And Joe, let's kind of dive into it in terms of 2020. Where is the future of quarterback for several teams in the uh, in the NFL? And let's start off with the Chargers based off that game last night. What do you think? Which way do they go? Well, you know, you kind of talked about it earlier about them drafting a young quarterback, and that certainly feels like the way they would go. I don't think they would go necessarily first round quarterback. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily what's going to be available to them in terms of what they like on return on investment. But it seems like it would be time for them to start speculating on somebody. And and you would know better than I, who are some of those names in the second or third round quarterback wise that you think might be worthy to take a draft pick on if you're the Chargers, where you think you probably got a, you know, you probably got some Philip Rivers left in the tank, but maybe it's time to start looking for the future, just kind of the way the Giants did a couple of years ago, you know, this past year with Daniel Jones, look how fast that changed. Maybe you could change this fast as well, but I'm curious, are there some of those names or do you think, Maybe it's not a college guy. Maybe it's a reclamation project guy like a Mariota or somebody else. It could be. It's a good question. I, I think that they're going to have to probably end up drafting a quarterback. Um, it may not be the first round kind, Joe. It may be like a second round or third round guy. And, and then they go the route of doing that, seeing what happens, and then maybe going after a veteran as well. But I think Rivers starts the season with the uh, with the Chargers and then that they go somewhere else. So um, I think that ends up happening. Who are some of those names? Like you're, you're Mr. College Football. So are there is there a guy that pops to you? Goes this guy could be a really good quarterback prospect, second round or third round. Uh, probably Jordan Love would be one. I think that there's a chance of he still may be a first round pick. I, I really it's hard for me to say who's a second or third round pick in uh, in the NFL quarterback. Uh, right. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts maybe from Alabama. Uh, I'm sorry, from Oklahoma could be mm-hmm. could be another one. 
Well, yeah, he's had quite a season. That's for sure. Uh, without a doubt. The Saints are the next one on this list. And I guess it's in question whether or not if the Saints do win, will Breeze call it a day and just be you know on his way? It seems like, especially missing time with the injury this year, maybe that's more possible than ever. And if he doesn't, will Teddy Bridgewater go somewhere else? So do, are the Saints in a spot here? Do you think they believe in Bridgewater enough where they kind of tell Drew Brees if they win, look, you know, we got to make a choice here. You know, do, you, do you do that to Drew Brees? Or you just try to figure it out. Do you like Teddy Bridgewater enough? How do you see the Saints situation working out in 2020? Yeah, it's uh, I, I think that Brees comes back. I think Bridgewater takes a starting job somewhere else. And I think that the Saints probably would be in that similar situation to the Chargers. I don't think that they'll handle it all that different. It could be a middle to late round quarterback type. Uh, the name that ends up for me somewhere else, and we've talked about him at length in a number of different situations, is um, is Nick Mullins on San Francisco. I, I still think that that's a guy, Joe, that could end up being a starting. You're quarterback not the only one in the NFL. The so. Welsh thinks that too. He's a 49er fan, and he, you know, he's a self-loathing 49er fan. So the fact that he's as positive about Mullins as you, he thinks the same thing. He doesn't understand why that guy doesn't have a job somewhere. So. It makes sense. There's a lot of variables potentially when the Saints job going forward. That's something to keep an eye on. The Steelers, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, not getting any younger either. <laughs> you know, he's in that same class, right? It was in that same class as uh, Rivers and Manning, correct? I yeah, he was. he was mm-hmm. a little later than those guys, but still the same class. So this this class all of a sudden starting to uh, dissipate very quickly. So considering what we've seen out of Mason Rudolph, is it time for them to get serious about drafting another quarterback? Or is this another place where maybe – is Jameis Winston reclamation project, a guy that can throw the football and they like to throw the football there. Is that the kind of guy you go? Can Tom figure him out? You know, Ben's going to come back. I think they probably feel they have a capable backup in Rudolph. I'm going to say they do nothing. I'm going to say Roethlisberger is the starter and they bring Rudolph back to give him another opportunity as the backup. And I would stop there. I, I really don't see Pittsburgh doing anything. I, I, mean, I, I mean, don't you think that they still feel like, I don't think so. But don't you think that the Steelers feel they can develop Rudolph into a better quarterback? What do you think? I mean, they, I they don't think threw you threw him in there out of nowhere. They had no you choice. did. Well, look, I, I think I think you could say that in the first couple starts. But the question is, OK, after he's starting with the ones, after you see what he's doing after all this, and I know he missed a little time with an injury, too. But I mean, are you seeing improvement? I don't know. I don't I don't think I can answer that with a resounding yes. Can you? I haven't seen him get much better, but no. I still think that they feel that they can develop him. So they go another year into this well with yeah, Roethlisberger so. and, and Rudolph and just hope for the best and then see what happens the following year. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I could see that. All right. The Bears, we talked about them before. Will they make the same bad decision <laughs> that the Bucks made, that the Titans made going into that fourth year of a deal with a quarterback who hasn't shown you the progression that you want to see out of a franchise quarterback? Will they do that? Or will they bring in a veteran, say Andy Dalton, to challenge for that job? Because I think you can make the case you drop Andy Dalton into this team and the Bears are right back in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, I think they have to bring in a in another quarterback, Joe. Boy, I don't know the answer to this one. I mean, is there is there like an Alex Smith out there? Like, is that a possibility, Joe? If well, his name is Andy Dalton. I mean, isn't that what's wrong with Andy Dalton? He's not great, yeah. but Andy Dalton's been to a lot of playoff games. He hasn't won any, but he's led a lot of teams to the playoffs. Let's be honest. What is it, seven times? Oh, and seven. Is that the record? If memory serves, I'm, I don't know what it is, but it's been a fair amount. I'm just saying, if you give him a good defense, you, you give him a decent enough offensive line. I don't know why he can't be as you know better than Trubisky has this year. I think he's the yeah. perfect guy for that job. You don't want another yeah. project 
I don't think you want one of these other guys that you're not sure about. You want somebody who knows what they're doing and can challenge Trubisky. And if Trubisky doesn't challenge back, I think you replace him. Speaking of the Bengals, we're still thinking Joe Burrow is going to be that guy. Do you think he's going to be one of these kind of guys that starts week one? Like that's the obvious number one overall. You're the starter week one kind of guy. Is that feeling like the way of the path is going to be for Burrow? I think Burrow is probably a game one starting quarterback. Yeah, I think it's like a Kyler Murray situation. That's that's my opinion on it. Um, look, Murray, when you, when you take someone with the first pick overall, then you have to have this expectation that your guy's going to be starting. I mean, I, I don't see any possible scenario that anybody could come in and uh, well, and, Baker uh, didn't I, a couple I, years ago. He he didn't start right away. Yeah, I, I just true. don't know if you that's, bring in. Another. No, that's true. They had Tyrod Taylor there. Um, well, you could bring in a um, another kind of quarterback like that and, you know, ease him in and see how Burrow does in the preseason and, and workouts and everything. But I mean, it doesn't have to be a big investment in quarterback. I just don't think it's going to be Ryan Finley. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Um, I, yeah, I think wherever Burrow goes, he starts game one. And again, you know, that could change, but that would be my prediction. I, I, I do think that Finley is not a candidate to start the season with the Bengals. I think it would be Burrow if, if they took Burrow number one, um, yeah. the, the Broncos, I, I, is there any doubt that Locke gets the opening game start next year for Denver? Would, I don't know. See huge the indictment on them. If not, right. I, I would think so. But at the same time, I feel like the Broncos are the absolute suckers for one of the Winston Mariota. Guys. Like they're going to get one of them. I feel like I just feel like they're going to, one of those going to end up there. The Flacco experiment is over now. And it's on to the next guy of, well, you know, we got to make sure we have some, you know, we maybe, you know, see what we got in this guy and and that's going to get complicated, I think. But uh, I think that's the way I Winston and Mariota are going to be on teams next year. And I think the Broncos are going to have one of them. It just starts to feel like that. Like they want to have somebody else there that's started in the league that has more experience, maybe comes with some baggage, but they have to have some other, they have to have a higher end backup. Would you agree with that? And like, like yeah. a, a guy that's played in the league backup. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, with Keenum, I don't think they go back to him. Uh, you, you know, um, I, I would. You know, Tana is Tannehill on a one-year deal with Tennessee. You know, I, you know, it's funny. He's. We could bring them up. I was. I was going to ask this question. It was the last one I had. Is Tannehill the guy now in Tennessee? Has he well, done I, enough I think, now? I think, where you I, I think Tannehill has earned the right. Uh, I agree. It's with Tennessee or somewhere else to compete for a job. I agree. I think he has run the right. I think he is the guy right now and uh, until further notice. And if they get in the playoffs, he's definitely the guy um, that leaves two more teams, the Dolphins. So the Dolphins have had a couple. By the way, before here. we go to the Dolphins, oh, sure. am I right by thinking that Alex Smith is going to get a shot to start somewhere next year? Is I, that, I mean, he'll be healthy enough. I mean, that was a pretty gruesome injury. They said he might no, you know. but, but no, but they posted a video yesterday of him like almost all the way back. OK, well, here here's the case. If he's all the way back. Almost, almost. Not ready okay. for this year, but next year. Not ready for yeah. this year, but if he's back, do you want him starting games if you're the Redskins next year? Or just no, 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 no. That's it. They'll cut bait, yeah. Well, That's is he bait. the kind... See, to me, he's the kind of guy that would be perfect the Bears, the Bengals or the bears or something like bears. that. Bears, isn't that his guy? Nagy's guy was Alex Smith, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, with the Chiefs. That's another guy. Andy Dalton or Alex Smith, either one of those guys. Yeah, that's I a big risk, Smith though, with Alex Smith. That's a huge risk there. Oh, but they'll, but they'll have, but they'll, oh, you know, I don't know. The Bears are a mess. You're right. I don't think there is a clear answer for that. All right. We, uh, we have a couple more. Um, yeah. The, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, they lost a couple games. Yeah. Do you think they can still get two now that they won a couple games because of the two injury? It's possible we, we were just so far out from combines and health to know what this kid mm-hmm. is going to be. And the last one's the Redskins, who have been terrible. They might have an opportunity at Tua. 
what does Haskins have to do over the next couple of weeks to prove to you that he's the guy you want to move forward with? Uh, I don't think Haskins is the guy. Already, you're already ready to make that judgment already. No, I don't, I don't, I don't like the way that he's looked. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it's hard for anybody to look good in this team, but it's a fair point. He hasn't, yeah, you know, no, looked great so. so far. Offensive line and ain't the, good either, but yeah, and uh, and then Tannehill, yeah, I mean, he looks like the guy in Tennessee, but um, you know, for me, I think that I think I think Tennessee could also draft a quarterback. I mean, Mariota is going to be a fringe backup starter for next year for some team. All of these teams you mentioned, I could see Mariota on virtually all of them. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mariota I, and the Redskins is another one. I think is, is a potential, be. you know, we're talking about this. This is almost a third of the league. This is almost 10 teams where we're talking about quarterback questions already. And we're not even through the rest of the season yet. There could be more, but there's a lot here. I mean, Brissett's done a good job. I have no questions about him. I think he's their guy. They paid him. I don't see that changing anytime soon. So, but this is a lot for the league to have 10 spots potentially where quarterbacks in questions a lot all right we'll take a quick time out on fantasy sports today we'll wrap it up next with some baseball discussion a little hot stove don't go away we'll be right back dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back as we wrap up Fantasy Sports Today. We talk a little baseball to end our show here on this Tuesday because, of course, there is no NFL football. There is some college football. But, uh, Joe, we had the winter meetings last week. Or, I'm sorry, the GM meetings. Excuse me. The winter meetings are coming up. I'll be there. You'll catch us live here on uh, FST. Some live programming to tell you all about. Coming up next week, we'll tell you more about that and uh, exactly what we'll be doing. But before we do that, Joe, uh, last week, basically, uh, we found out about some of the players accepting the qualifying offer. The one significant move last week was Will Smith, of formerly of the Giants. Uh, really interesting uh, how they kind of played this, his agent, uh, Jeff Berry of CAA. Uh, what they basically did was tell teams, look, uh, Will Smith is going to accept the qualifying offer. So if you want to sign him to a long-term deal, you got to do it now or else you're going to be having to give up a draft pick. And so immediately a couple of teams got into the mix and in the end it ended up being the Atlanta Braves, Joe, that ended up signing them. Uh, what this means for me is not so much for Will Smith, but Joe, a very big move by the Braves to, I think, show us that I believe the Braves are all in on 2020. I think they were so <laughs> close last year, uh, came up just short there in the uh, – in the uh, what was the uh, the divisional round, they went mm-hmm. five games against St. Louis, and uh, they got blasted. Right, if I'm not mistaken, in Game Five, yes, that's yeah. what happened on, yeah. on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, <laughs> Max Freed, the Jewish pitcher, pitched on Yom Kippur, got hit hard. That's it's a right. sin. It's a shanda. Yeah, it was a bad. It was a bad move. But they were right there, Joe. And I think that most people thought that the Braves were even better than the Cardinals going into that series. So I would guess that they're they're knocking on the doorstep here. They saw what the Nationals accomplished. They know that the Mets are still going to try. The Phillies are still going to fight. 
Braves, to me, their window is now like the Cunha and Albies and everything else. And so adding Will Smith is one thing. They're probably going to have to see if they can get Donaldson back, re-sign him, or bring in someone else. But that was the signal that I caught from it. It wasn't as much about Will Smith as it was that the Braves are going to make a, a bigger effort, I think, this year. Yeah, and I was actually shocked that they didn't get Bumgarner or Greinke. And I understand they don't want to go into the system. They have a very good system. They have the kind of system to do it. And when you saw what Greinke went for, I thought they probably had some buyer's remorse there. I feel like they could have put together a better package for Granky personally. And I think that would have been a, a potential game changer for them going forward. But, you know, now I actually don't think Donaldson's the guy they should go after. I think you plug Austin Riley in at third base. Maybe you take a little bit of a defensive hit there, but it's still a very good defensive team anyway. I wouldn't worry about it too much. I would spend all this money on a pitcher. I mean, they need starting pitching in the worst way. I don't think you can rely on Fulton Evich. Soroka was brilliant, but it's year two. So we've all seen guys have brilliant first seasons and then not necessarily follow them up. So there's a lot of volatility in this rotation if I'm the Braves. And for me, I'm looking at this as you go get a Bumgarner. You go get that top of the rotation guy out there. I don't know if they got the cash for Garrett Cole. <laughs> It'll be fascinating to see. But you're right. They're all in. How do you feel about these guys, these relief guys, getting $13 million a year guaranteed for three years? I know Melanson, they said, is still going to be the, quote, closer to start the yeah, year. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. I mean, do you think Will Smith is a, the better guy to close? I know sometimes like, teams don't like the lefty closer, which I don't. I still think it's. Yeah, I, I I think that that could be. It reminds me of a uh, Brad Hand Kirby Yates type situation. Although I wouldn't say that Melanson is Kirby Yates by any stretch. Uh, Will Smith probably ends up getting a lot of saves at the end of the season. I would say that he's probably the favorite for the most saves on the Braves by the end of the season. But uh, look, they want to give Melanson another opportunity to do it, and I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, Melanson is at the end of his career. He's not at mm-hmm. the beginning. Will Smith is at the peak. He's pitched very well. But I would think that Atlanta is smart enough to know that if they get into a situation, Joe, where they have left-handed hitters coming up in the ninth inning and you're facing Bryce Harper, why wouldn't you have Will Smith face him as opposed to Melanson? Unless that there's some outlying stat that I or you know, underlying stat that I don't know about. So uh, a good move. Again, I like signals sometimes more than I like players. And this, to me, signaled Atlanta's going for it. So Well, they I, should. I, really I mean, they're a very good team. There is, like you said, you know, you've got a core there of Acuna and Freeman. Albies had a, had a good year. Um, I think Austin Riley certainly had an incredible start. Faded a little bit, but again, you can't ask for more than what he had in that opening stretch. They had that first month of the season for Austin Riley was fantastic. And you've got a deep system there. The question is the pitching. The question is, what are you going to get out of these guys? And, you know, is, I, I forget, is Keiko a guy that they have uh, an option on this year? No, he's a complete free agent. He's a complete free agent. So there's another hole in that rotation. They they need pitching. Yeah, they let Tehran go too. So yeah, they're going to be adding a pitcher for sure, no doubt. Yeah. But but again, they also have a couple of pitchers in the minor leagues. You saw Wright pitch last yeah, year. Yeah, Kyle Wright's Ethan. got some talent, but you know, Ian Anderson is the one to keep an eye on. I think that he's right. going to be a, mon- a monster eventually. But they'll probably still add a vet. It does make some sense, whether it's via trade or via free agency. I definitely you just, I don't happen. think you can count on these young kids to be the guys. If you have if you have designs on October baseball. Absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Asking a lot of those guys. Yeah, absolutely correct. Uh, OK, so uh, Jose Abreu also accepted the qualifying offer. So he'll head back to the Chicago White Sox as they try to work out a longer term deal, Joe. But he's older, so I would not expect him to get more than. Three years, I would guess. With three would be Sox. fair for him. That would be 35 at the end of that deal. Yeah, 15 million a year, three, 45. Sounds about right for him. And a lot of other teams would have interest in him. But once the qualifying offer is tagged on him, that's pretty much end game, especially for a lot of teams like Miami and some others that would need a first baseman. But they're not going to do that. Uh, surprising one to accept the qualifying offer was Jake Odorizzi of the Twins. 
$17.8 million there. It seems like the Twins are building something strong, Joe, also with that hitting. They had that crazy home run numbers that they had last year. And then with Barrios and Odorizzi and a couple of the other uh, starters that they have, I, I would say that the Twins are as, as much, uh, what, a favorite, would you say, or at least tied for the favorite to win the American League Central with the Indians? The Indians rallied strong in the second half of the season. Jose Ramirez was a big disappointment the first half. He came alive in the second half, and everyone knows what happened with Bauer, and then Clevenger got hurt, and Kluber got hurt, and, and the Indians were still there in the end. Yeah, Carrasco. I don't really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Carrasco had a terrible situation with his health. I just think that with Cleveland, Joe, the thing is is that we don't know where they, what they're going to look like on opening day. No. Because there will be rumors about Lindor. There will be rumors about other players, too. And the Indians have been very hesitant to go out on the free agent front and spend big money on anyone, right? Like, they just haven't done anything except for just let these young kids play themselves out. The Indians could go one way or the other. The Indians could build. They could try to get better. I could also see them tearing some of this down, too. So I'm not really sure which way they go, which makes the Twins an intriguing option, especially with guys like Odorizzi coming back. Well, I actually, you know, we did some picks on Fantasy Pros, uh, Bobby, Sylvester, and I, beginning of the year, have, you know, we went through you know, all the divisions and stuff, and I actually, I picked the Indians, but I thought that the Twins were going to be a playoff team, and uh, the Twins ended up being the team, and everything that could have gone wrong for the Indians went wrong last year. It did. You mentioned, it did. I mean, I mean, literally, they could not catch a break. I mean, between injuries, between cancer, between, I mean, just horrible, awful things. Ramirez was dreadful, like you said, and... I was actually shocked that Odorizzi took this offer because he had a really nice season in the, in the American League to put a 3-5 ERA up there with 178 Ks and 53 walks. I know he only threw 159 innings, but I don't care. Like that's that's a guy striking guys out. I kept, you know, at the beginning of the of this offseason, I thought, man, if Odorizzi can go to a team in the National League, man, I think he could be really, really good. I'd love to see him get out of the AL, get into the National League for this stage of the peak of his career, which what's left of it here. So this is shocking to me. Maybe this is another spot where they haven't come back and they're going to assign him to an extension too. Great job by the Twins to go back there. If I'm Jay Godorizzi, I'm happy with $17 million. Maybe he believes in that much that he can go and turn this into another big contract. Maybe he's very happy there. But you mentioned also the Twins with his home run numbers. Isn't it fascinating? The home run numbers really went up and everybody was crushing this ballpark and what terrible ballpark it is. But it turns out, as long as Joe Maurer isn't your cleanup hitter and you actually have real guys who can hit the baseball, all of a sudden... There's a lot more home runs to be hit in target field. That was kind of funny how that happened. Yeah, no, I, I you know, and it's just it's so curious that a, that a, uh, a player like this and, and teams like this can all of a sudden kind of come out of nowhere. I actually picked the Twins, too, uh, but I, I did think the Indians would be better than they were last year. And I'm going to be had very the Indians curious. healthy rotation wise. They probably still. Oh, they would have been. There. Look, they finished close enough to be right there, too. So mm-hmm. uh, let's not uh, let's not ignore that. Uh, the other interesting news here that we're going to find in the offseason. Now, I don't know a lot about this, Joe, but yesterday, and we'll have to do, you, you probably you have to do a lot more research than me for this because by the time spring training comes, I'll figure it out. There are about three or four players coming from Japan this year, Joe, that are going to yeah. be playing in the big leagues. Uh, uh, at least three that I'm seeing that are going to have some fantasy relevance. And one of them is named Tsutsugo, Yoshitomo Tsutsugo, who I dove into a little bit because Miami is a possibility for him, although I think it's a long shot. Seems more of the left-handed, slower, uh, you know, kind of almost like the guy G-Man Choi that's on Tampa right now. I kind of feel like he's like that, maybe a little bit better. So you're looking at primarily uh, platoon splits, right? Plays right, plays against righties, hits eighteen to twenty home runs, plays some first base, maybe plays some corner outfielder. But there's also a couple other guys, including a pitcher and a center fielder, who are going to come over. So we're going to have our work cut out for us a little bit trying to figure this out because I think all three are going to have some fantasy relevance. Unfortunately, last year, the one guy who came over that was drafted relatively high in some fantasy leagues too, uh, Kikuchi, 
was not nothing. if you're in the black book. He wasn't like me. Oh. You say Kikuchi. I say no, thank you. That was our big running. Oh, why? Gig. Based on what? Based on based the on the based on the analysis we've done in the black book on these pitchers coming over lately, and even if they have immediate success, it has been very difficult for them to have sustained success and sustained success the way they did in Japan because the the attrition of the major league schedule, the travel schedule, the the five man rotation, uh, the five day rotation kind of thing that's that's really just taken its toll on these guys, and it hasn't been good. I mean, Tanaka came over and he was absolutely brilliant in that first run he had, and then he had that injury in the elbow, and he's never been the dominant guy since. Uh, he's been a good pitcher, and Kikuchi. When you add in the fact that he was pitching for a Mariners team that was awful, uh, I think there was a lot of reasons to be negative. I don't. A lot of people had him as like a number three starter, not the black book. We had him as like a you can draft him in hope, but yeah, you would not be drafting this guy to be starting him every week. That that's about where we had him. So, um, and and as far as this goes with the hitters, it's it's very hit and miss too. It's almost it's almost equally so. And I think just because these guys get a lot of attention and a lot of offseason publicity because of the fact that they are new to the league and they aren't unknown. Don't rank them ahead of proven entities. Be very, very careful. Uh, there's, you know, Hideki Matsui was a very good player, but he was never, I mean, he was a God in Japan. Like he was hitting 50 bombs and all this stuff. He came over and he was a very good player for a long period of time. In your mind, who are some of the Japanese hitters that have come over besides Hideki Matsui that you really thought were really quality major league hitters over this, you know, last, let's say 20 years oh. or so. Oh, it's almost none, right? Is there? Is I there was gonna say list? it's almost none, right? I mean, for every Hideki Matsui, you have a couple Kaz Matsui's, and I feel like that's the thing to keep everybody just in check about. Like, just because a guy has great stats there, and and you see potential now, Otani's a nice player. I oh, will yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah, that's I, true. I do really like Otani. He might be the buck of the trend. Even you, Darvish, as great as you, Darvish has been with the strikeouts. He is looked a, much better last year. I think he could be coming back again. Last I, year, I he was a huge rebound season for him. Half, in second yeah. He was ab- he was one of our favorite DFS pitchers. We were riding the you Darvish train, Chris Meany and I, for two months, and he was just lights out in tournaments. We were winning all kinds of money on him because people just refused to buy back in. The ownership was low, the price was low, the strikeouts were high. It all had it all was like just just give them to me. And I think he will be better. But even so, look at all the issues he's had staying healthy. I mean, just since year one, basically. Yeah. And um, Jung Ho Gong um, didn't come over from the same place, came over from Korea, but had a lot of success initially and then was a complete He was actually one of my sleepers last year. I had him in a lot of places. He has a lot of other issues, though. Great spring training. He was a he was an unmitigated disaster, both in fantasy and reality last year. And you know what? As we roll on here on Fantasy Sports Today, and we get closer to the new year. We'll talk a lot more baseball here on the show as we get closer to doing that. As I mentioned, and those of you who can follow me on Twitter, I'll give you some more of the details. We're expected to be live at the winter meetings in San Diego in December. And as of right now, it looks like I will be there uh, the 9th, 10th, and 11th of December. So a three-day live show from noon to 2 Eastern. Joe will be along with me at his uh, home base in New Jersey, Bernie Pleskoff. Uh, is expected to be out there. And of course, you'll hear from general managers and managers and players and all of that. And maybe we'll have some news that we could break down in fantasy as well. But we will not ignore football also during those days. We'll make sure that we get you guys covered, uh, especially on that Monday after the NFL. But it will be predominantly a baseball-driven show in that uh, second week in December as we get closer to the fantasy baseball season, which honestly, in about a month, a month and a half from now, we'll be a lot more focused on after the fantasy football playoffs are done. Speaking of done, we're almost out of here. Coming up next, we've got our two-minute warning. One hot, fun take to end the show. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. 
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up this show, it's time for our hot take of the day as we turn it over to the professor, Joe Pizzapia. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia17. This is the two-minute warning. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? The old adage in sports is, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And every team is looking for an edge, and every player is looking for an edge. And yes, this situation in Houston is getting uglier by the day, and who knows? Maybe uh, at the end of the week, we'll find out that they had chips installed in their brain that would flicker and tell them what pitch was coming. But at the end of the day, you still have to execute. At the end of the day, you still have to hit the baseball, and that's pretty damn hard to do at that level. So yes... The Houston Astros should be maligned. Yes, they should be brought down a peg for doing what they've done. But at the same time, they also executed. And you can know what's coming. You still got to hit it. And boy, oh boy, those guys did hit the baseball. So you can keep your championship Houston Astros, but it might cost you a draft pick in 2020. It could, and uh, they'll be buzzing about that, that's for sure, all over Houston. No pun intended. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to my co-host, Joe Pizzapia, and my producer, Sean Guastamacchia. Joe and I will be back for Waiver Wire Wednesday. That is tomorrow in less than 24 hours from now. Full-time fantasy is next. For Joe, I'm Craig. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya.